What's up, everybody? How many are glad to be in the house of God today? Come on. Come on. I got enough energy to give to everybody. Come on. Take some of this from me, would you? I had too much coffee. Come on. Take some. Here you go. He's got issues. I don't know if I can watch him. It's, I'm not denying that. I'm just being real. It's, it's, it's all I know how to do. So I hope everybody had a good 4th of July. Anybody do anything exciting? Probably shot off fireworks. Oh, I know this guy is shooting some fireworks because he's always extreme. He does flips over concrete. He's always seeking easy ways to draw blood. I know he was shooting fireworks. Right on, brother. I'm right there with you. We actually didn't do any fireworks, but we did a little fishing in the heat, and it was a little hot, we felt our electrolytes fleeing from our body as we consumed them. It was just in, out, immediately, in, out, faint. But we thought we'd try fishing anyway. We got a little boat. It's okay. It's not the biggest boat in the world. It's okay. It works. And we took the boat out. Brother Dan, <laughs> look at me sounding old-fashioned. Brother Dan and I and my children try to take the boat out fishing. And if you take four-year-olds and, well, what, no, he's five now. If you take little kids fishing, it just doesn't turn out very good. It lasts about mm, ten minutes. So we went fishing and we tried to go. And this year I thought I would... Uh, you know, we always use minnows, and it's kind of a pain. you got to get the minnows, and they stink up your car, and then they spill on the front floorboard of the, of the car, and then your car smells like fish. And, and then my dad, you know, he'll usually grab some minnows, but if he forgets, I'm thinking, oh, i got to go back and get minnows. It's such a pain. I just don't want to bother. Is it really worth all this work? And they're going to die, and the sun's going to cook them in two days because it's so hot. It's just not really worth it. Maybe I can get some fake bait that will do the job, and nothing will die. I can keep reusing it, right? So I go to the minnow, the bait store, and I say, what do you got that looks and acts like a minnow but doesn't die? She goes, well, if you're trying to catch crappie, here you go. You get these hooks right here, and you get these, you get these. They like this color. I said, give it to me. That's good. Let's go. That's all I need. I bought them. We go. We didn't catch nothing. We only tried for 15 minutes, too. But in the 15 minutes, we didn't catch anything. And it's sad, you know, because when I first got the place down there, and we went fishing. I bought a fryer, and we're going to catch all the fish, and we're going to fry them up. I'm going to chop their heads off, and we're going to gut them, and we're going to clean them, and we're going to fry them, and we're going we're gonna to take 500 fish to make one plate of food, because you know those crappie, they got like no, no meat on them. You got to catch like 500 crappie to make like a sandwich. It's worth it. But I never opened the thing. It's kind of like my patio. I never sealed the patio. Well, I never opened the fryer either. It's still sitting there. Never been opened. Amazon.com. It's past the return period. We go down there, and you know, after about 15 minutes, I'm just thinking, we're not going to keep them, guys. But, Daddy, I want to fish. I want to catch one. So we catch one. We throw them back. We're not going to bother. Why would we keep them when we go to McDonald's? They got fish. It's the same. Fast food. Fast. It's easy. So we try to, we try to catch them, but nothing comes of it. And it's just kind of a pain. It's not fun enough for me to stick with it more than a few minutes. We've even got the fish finder. Anybody know what a fish finder is? It's like a, it's like a screen. We have the fish finder on the boat, and you look at the screen, and it tells you the temperature of the terrain and different colors, and it shows you all the sticks and twigs, and, and there's fish down there. There's fish somewhere down there, but you got to find them. It's a fish finder. 
And I don't know what it is. We can see all the school of fish in the world, but we go, we're just going to drop our line down there until nothing bites them. We can't catch them. Doesn't matter how many show on the screen. We even saw an alligator gar. Anybody know what an alligator gar is? They're kind of mean looking. I caught one when I was a kid in the river. Well, this week, there was one about two and a half feet long by about that thick. Yeah, it looks like an alligator. So I thought, hey, I know a good idea. Let's throw the line over there, see if we can catch it, even though I was terrified to pull it in. But it wouldn't bite it. I mean, I had the fish finder, and I had the, the fishing pole, and I had all the stuff, and I just couldn't catch the fish, even though he was right there on the screen. It's frustrating. It's too much time. I don't have time for that. I'm not willing to wait for that. I'm a little impatient when it comes to fishing when I can go down to McDonald's and get the blue-wrapped filet-o fish, the softest buns in the world. You want a soft bun, baby, get a filet-o fish at McDonald's. Don't take that wrong. We're talking about sandwiches, okay? Sick people. See, the things we ask God for are often made up of the resources right under our noses. We visualize the end product, but we don't pay attention to how the product is made. You may be asking God to bring fulfillment when he's already equipped you with the formula for it, already within your reach. The reason you never find it is because you're not, it's not in the stage you imagined it in, so you keep missing the fish when they may be on this side of the boat when you're actually just dropping your net right here on this side of the boat. Your interpretation of happiness is like finding fish and then making a sandwich. Your interpretation of Happiness may be wrapped in a bow that God expects you to make from the fabric he provides. You with me? It's a, it's a fancy way to say he's going to give you the tools, but if you want it, you got to build it. If we go to John chapter 21, verse 1 through 12, and if we read this passage, which we're going to do, most people would draw a conclusion. Oh, I know what this sermon's about, but I bet you don't because I wanted to make it different, not predictable. See, this is the passage where Jesus had resurrected already. He had gone to the cross, he had resurrected, and now he's witnessing to 500, over 500 people before he ascends to heaven. And he's going to meet the apostles for the first time. And they don't know it's him, but he's going to encounter them for the first time after their resurrection. And it says in verse 1, chapter 21, after these things, Jesus showed himself again to the disciples at the Sea of Tiberias. And in this way, this is how he did it. This is how he showed himself. Simon Peter, Thomas called the twin or doubting Thomas, you might know him, Nathaniel of Cana and Galilee, the sons of Zebedee, James and John, sons of thunder, and two others of his disciples were all together. Simon Peter said to them, I'm going to go fishing. Sounds like my dad. I'm going to go fishing. They said to him, we're going to go with you. Also, sounds like my kids wanting to go with my dad. They went out and immediately got in the boat, and that night they caught nothing. They went longer than 15 minutes. They went all night and caught nothing. But when the morning had come now, Jesus stood on the shore, yet the disciples did not know 
that it was Jesus. So imagine you've been fishing all night at the Lake of the Ozarks. It's dark, right? The water is dark and creepy. It's dark in the daytime. I don't, you know, I don't even like getting in the water in the daytime. In the dark, it's just pitch black. And the sun comes and there's a man standing on the shore when you're bringing your boat and you've caught nothing. It's, it's going to freak you out a little bit. It'd be weird. I might be doing something with my phone. I don't know. Be ready to text someone. I don't know. Help. He said, children, have you any food? And they said, no. And he said to them, cast your net on the right side of the boat and you will find some. See, they had been casting it on the left. They're fishermen, you know. They got the fish finder. So they cast and now they were not able to draw it in because the multitude of fish was so great. Therefore, that disciple, disciple whom Jesus loved, John, the apostle, said to Peter, it's the Lord. It's the Lord. You see that? He just filled our nets. Now when Simon Peter heard that it was the Lord, he put on his outer garment, for he had removed it, and he plunged in the sea. Isn't it funny that the same guy who went to walk on the water, who was terrified when Jesus called him the first time, after he said, come, this time dove in and just ran. He, he, pulled, a, he pulled a road runner off the water. To Isn't that funny? The same guy. You see, maybe he had experienced something like this before. Now it was familiar to him. He knew what God had done for him before. How many know that God can do something, and then you know in the next season you don't know how he's going to do it, but you've seen him do it, so you don't have to worry. You know he's going to do it, so you jump in the water too. Anybody been there? I've been there. Where was I? So he plunged in, but the other disciples were a little, I don't want to get wet, Peter. They came in a little boat, for they were not far from the land, but about 200 cubits, dragging the net with the fish. Then as soon as they had come to land, they saw a barbecue grill, a fire of coals there, and fish laid on it, and bread. And Jesus said to them, bring some of that fish which you just caught. Simon Peter went up and dragged the net to land, full of large fish. These aren't bluegill people. These are large fish, 153 large fish, okay? The net should have broke, but it did, didn't. He said, bring me those fish you caught. Simon Peter went up, and he dragged the net to land, full of large fish, 153. And although there were so many, the net was not broken. See, God, whatever God gives you, you can sustain, even when the net's supposed to break. If God gave you 103 fish, your net's going to hold up. Jesus said to them, come and eat breakfast. Yet none of the disciples dared ask him, who are you? Knowing it was the Lord. So they knew it was Jesus, but they were scared to say, are, are you Jesus? I think it's probably because of reverence and uh, they don't want to be the doubter. They don't want to all be Thomas. They wanted to look confident. Oh, yeah, we knew it was him all along. But nobody wanted to really confirm that. But, but they knew the fish, you know, it just, it just added up. The title of my sermon is Fish Finders. Fish Finders. Oh, I've heard this. Yeah, yeah. Go be fishers of men. Drop your nets. No, not, that's not what it's about. It's about taking your fish and making your own sandwich. God gave you fish. He says, you make the sandwich. What I look like, your chef? He said, bring those fish to shore. Put them on the grill. Come eat breakfast. He didn't make them breakfast. He said, here's fire. Here's bread. Here's coals. Here's fish. You do it. See, God equips, but we assemble. 
And then as we do that, God delivers as we are faithful. That's a good one. If you're going to write something down, if you're going to write it down in your mind, if you're going to type it, that's a good one. That's a good one to walk away with when you're talking about this tomorrow because I know you are going to talk about it tomorrow. You say, God equips, but we assemble. God delivers as we are faithful. We are faithful. God will deliver. It doesn't say God will deliver, then we become faithful. No. He will deliver as we are faithful. But it's dark down there. Anybody seen the lake water? I'm not going to fish in that. It's pitch black down there. I don't know if there's dead bodies. I don't know if there's fish I want to eat. I don't know if there's other stuff down there. I don't know if I want to put my line in the water when I can just go to McDonald's. I don't know what's down there, and it's dark. Ew. That takes time, and I'm going to pull that fish out, and then i got to clean it, and I don't, I don't know. I don't know what's on that fish. I don't know where that fish has been. I don't bother with no fishing poles. How bad do we want what we're asking God for? God, I want a thriving church. Ooh, I didn't know I had to do that. Ooh, you mean, you mean your skin's going to break out from all the sweating? Yes, it does. My skin breaks out now. It didn't used to because I sweat so much, and evidently I need to take more showers. Did I say that? I didn't mean to say that. Sometimes the thoughts just come out. See, I didn't know that was going to be involved. But I wanted to see God move, so I don't care. So I said, I'm going to sweat anyway. I don't care if I get acne or whatever, and I don't care if my voice gets sore from talking like this all the time, and, and I don't care if, if people don't want to be my friend no more because I found purpose, baby. You know what I'm saying? I've tasted the other side. It's not that. It's not all that in a bag of chips. It doesn't bring roots but it's so much easier, you know. For a long time, I, I, I still don't like to drop my pole in the water, especially when I can't see if it's even going to pull something out. Even when the fish finder shows the fish, I don't even think it can happen. I'm doubtful. If he really gave us what we asked him for, what would you do? Me and my brother have talked about this. Be careful what you pray for. We think we know what we're praying for, but the package doesn't look the same when it arrives. I didn't know I had to, like, put effort into this. Jesus? God equips, we assemble, God delivers as we are faithful. Like this church, we're being faithful, man. I'm telling you, I feel the culture in this church. It's growing. There's a culture. And we're small now, but we're going to be talking about this because our culture is contagious, and that's what's awesome. Everybody here is like family so quick. That's what I prayed for. That's what I prayed God would do. It'd build a family, and he's doing that because we're all working together, planting one seed at a time. We go to the, we go to the, anybody been to like the car show or the boat show downtown? They got these, it's just fun to look at. You're dreaming, right? You know you won't buy one, but they got this, these incredible yachts and we're like, oh, look at that yacht. That's the cheap one. If we could ever buy one, would we buy the cheap one or would we buy the expensive one? We'd probably buy the cheap one, but it's still too much for us because I didn't think about, you know, the sales tax and the personal property tax on that. And I didn't think about the gas. Oh, my goodness. How much per weekend to drive it 10 feet? I prayed for a yacht. 
give me a yacht, Lord. Give me a yacht, and then I'll be happy. Then I'll be faithful, Lord. He says, you can have it, but you got to get a job. You got to pay all that. You got to clean that thing. Oh, you don't want to clean it? Pay somebody else, but you got to do something. You got to assemble this, okay? I don't know if I want that. Maybe that was overrated. Talk is overrated. How many get tired of people talking and no action? You know what I mean? It's just, it's just in one ear, out the other. It's, it's rhetorical talk. It doesn't mean nothing. Let's talk with action. Your friends, your family, they show you their love through action, okay? Your friends online, they show you their love in person. I don't have time to go see them. I can just send them a message. Action. But it's dark down there, and I don't know if I'm willing to do that. God can't give us step two and three when we're not willing to drop our poles in, even though the fish finder's blank, and do step one. He's not going to force you to find a blessing. you got to assemble this blessing. He's going to equip you. It's called provision. He's going to give you the supply you need. He says, I'll fill the ocean. I'll fill the lakes with, with fish. You want a sandwich? Here's a fire. Cook it up. we got some chefs in here. you got to cook it up, right? It don't make itself. You're going to get the fast food. Well, there's a consequence. It's called disease and death and cancer and all these things. It tastes good for a minute, but the faster it comes, the, the worse it is for you, right? It never had a blessing to begin with. It was just a fast fix that we do on the way home to Kingdom City and every lake trip because my kids, it's my kids' fault. Daddy, I'm so hungry. How are you hungry? We just had 12 cinnamon rolls before we left, Caleb as he throws up in my car from all the junk food. Now, his, this happened yesterday, and then he's, now he's hungry because guess what? He just emptied his system in my car. It's great. So guess where we go? McDonald's. Well, I guess I'll get the fish sandwich again. I could have cooked my own fish if I had taken the time. Probably would have tasted better. But it's dark down there. The water is yucky. Some of us are not too busy. It's not that. It's that we're terrified of what the water holds. We're terrified of the unknown. We're terrified to step out of the comfort zone. I can't leave that job. They give me insurance. What will I do? Find a way. I don't know. Pray. Step out. Do something. Don't be a fool. But sometimes what the world says is foolish, God says is wise. It just depends. But you got to step out. You got to take action. Got to move. Got to move. Don't worry about the unknown. That's why it's faith. Because when you take faith, you, when you use faith, you don't know what the future is. That's why it's faith. You're putting it in God's hands. You're saying, God, you're going to guide me. I'm not going to worry about it because I can't control the unknown. But I'm going to put my pole in the water. And yeah, there might be repercussions. You might catch an alligator gar. You might catch nothing the first 12 hours overnight when it's pitch black. But if you keep fishing, when you get to the shore, Jesus is going to load your nets because you were just off by a couple feet. So you keep working at it until you hit that spot, and then he's going to overflow your net with 103, 153 blessings. Some of us, though, would rather watch life from the shore. We don't want to leave the dock. I saw a great interview on T.D. Jakes a while back. He says, people in my church always tell me they're praying for coffee tables. I said, well, God gave you trees. 
There you go. God equips, we assemble. You want a coffee table? God gave you trees. It's by the hands of men. God works through the hands of men. God can do things without men, but most times all the miracles in the scripture are through the hands of men because they are the vessel. We are the body when the spirit has unified us, his spirit. These guys were fishermen, you know. I'm sure they were arguing about which to use like me and my dad do, minnows or worms. Well, you want to catch the catfish, you got to drop it on the bottom. You got to put that worm on there. You got to have the right hook. Oh, you want to catch a crappie, you got to use the little baby hooks. And then, you know, you know, you got to use the minnows if you want to catch them. But these were fishermen. The apostles were fishermen. This is what they knew. Don't you think they were thinking, this guy, remember, they didn't know for sure it was Jesus. Don't you think they were looking at him going, what does this guy know? We're professional here. All we do is fish, and you're telling me how to catch fish after all night catching nothing? Do we use minnows? Or do we use worms? How about neither? Because Jesus is the bait. Jesus is the bait that catches the fish. You don't need either if you trust and walk and drop the line anyway. Even when there's nothing on the fish finder, it doesn't matter because the fish are going to come if you plant the seed that Christ said to do faithfully. He will provide more. He will deliver. I know how to fish. Okay, Jesus. We become self-reliant. I can't tell you how many times I see this. Oh, Lord, you are king of my life. Thank you, Jesus. Until it gets to what I know really well, I draw this box. I know best here. I know best here, and I'm missing the result because I'm a fisherman. I know how to fish, and I would never listen to someone on the shore because I know it so well that I become blind. You see? You got to know when to ignore it and be faithful. You got to ignore the logic sometimes. Yeah, there's no fish all night. I don't know why they would bite now, but Jesus said, if I'm willing to assemble and willing to be faithful, he will deliver my nets full. And that's what he did. You want to eat that fish? Here's a grill, he said. Here's some bread. It's all the pieces we need. See, all the pieces we need are within our reach. We got people here. We got faithfulness. We've got, we've got financial support. We've got all these things to build God's great kingdom, and that's what we're doing. We don't need this, this, this thing to fall out of the sky. This is how he does it. This is how he's doing it. It's through our hands and feet. He's providing the supply, and we're assembling as the church. We're finding the lost as the church, and then he can deliver his spirit to them through us as the body. That's why we have unify in the morning. We're to be unified, one body, one mind, one accord, in one place, to execute the will of God together. Not everybody have ten different things. That's not unified. That's divided. We got to be unified. We're telling God we should be using minnows when he's saying, no, listen to me. Just put, the, just put the net in the water, Jeff. But God, but God, psh. okay. That's, I got to smack myself sometimes because I can get hard-headed. He is the bait. He will draw all things near. Follow him and your net 
will be full. It's like, it's like uh, Christmas time. I don't know any of you have kids, all of you. And, uh, you know, you get, you get the first couple Christmases with your babies, and you've never put a Christmas toy together. And then a couple more Christmases come, and you start saying, this toy's put together just like the other 15, right? And we start putting it together, and it's got the same cheap little press board, and it's got the same things you turn to lock on. You'll find out soon, Nick, when you have a wife first, of course, and then a child. God, God bless him. And, uh, and he'll start having to put these toys together. And the first season, he's going to go, it's kind of it's complicated. I don't know what I'm, I'm going to actually use the directions. And then the, after two or three years of this, you say, I don't need the directions. You throw them out the window, and you put the toys together. So you've seen it before. Like Peter, when you've seen it before, you know how to recognize it again. And I know how to tell by the Spirit of the Lord. We know how to tell by the Spirit of the Lord. When he's blessed us in certain seasons, we know how to recognize that he'll do it again. We don't know how he's going to do it, but we know he will do it. And that's, that's so easy because we don't have to worry about it no more. Like those toys. I've seen those toys. I don't sweat it anymore. You can't recognize the blessings of God, though, until you've experienced them. We can become too self-reliant on those worms. We think our ways are best rather than going after the fish the way God tells us to do it. When we're willing to assemble what God gave us, We'll start building our purpose. That's our vision. Discover God's perfect plan. That's how you do it. You gotta be willing to assemble. It takes a little legwork. It takes time. We're asking God for a fish sandwich, but he's given us fish. We gotta make the sandwich. You guys with me? God equips, we assemble, and God will continue to deliver as we are faithful. Let's face it. He's the fish sandwich king. And I'm not talking about the sandwich king. I know y'all have seen that on, what is it, HG, no, that's HGTV. The cooking channel, the food network, one of those, you know, the guy, he's the, he's the king of the sandwich. He goes around looking for the best sandwiches. He knows what makes the best complimentary palate balance, taste savory to your, your taste buds to, 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 you know, to the end of time. You, you want a good sandwich, you go to the sandwich king. But Jesus is the fish sandwich king. You see, the fish isn't all about the fish. It's about your life. And God is the fish sandwich king of your life if you're willing to assemble and go grab your fish. How many know we're not talking about fishing here, people? Are you with me? It's an analogy. Plus, I was having no luck fishing this weekend, so it fit. That looks really good, but I don't... I don't know how to make it. Some of you have come to me and said, I don't know what you're saying, but I want to make my sandwich. God says, you come to me. You put your net in the pole. I'm going to show you how to use that grill. I'm going to show you how to take that bun. I'm going to show you how to make the best sandwich you've ever had in your life, and you'll never forget it. And now you're going to go show the next person how to make one too. God will guide you. You don't have to know. I don't, I didn't know how to be a pastor. I've told this story a long time ago. My dad, how, how do you know when God calls you? You just start walking. See where he takes you. And that's what I did. And it was clear quickly. But I was waiting. I was waiting for like the lightning bolt. It doesn't happen like that. Not to me at least. Don't worry about how. Just take a steps. Take a step.
God wants you to be everything he designed you to be, and you can do it with the supply he's already provided you. You've got it sitting around your boat. You're dropping your nets here. It's right here. Anybody seen uh, the Vanilla Ice Project? You know, Ice Ice Baby, One Hit Wonder, Got Rich. Now he's a carpenter. Makes sense. Right? Hey, you know what's cool? This guy changed his life. This guy was a drug addict. He was attempting suicide. He got rich way too quick. It was way too much for him. And he hated his life so bad he tried to kill himself. And he woke up and he thought, wow, I got a second chance. Now, we don't want to get to this level, but he had no God in his life. He had no one preaching the word in him. He had no one protecting him. He was just a dumb kid who got too much too quick. And he was falling to the ways of the world. And he grew up and he became this entrepreneur, this investor. And now he goes into these mansions that are just run down, dumps, trashed. But he sees what they can be. He knows what they can be. Why? Because he's done it before. He goes in there and he sees this and he knows the plot of land and he knows the area and he says, in my mind, I know what this can be. And he renovates it and he converts it and then he sells that baby for much more money than he paid and he goes on to the next one. And every time he does one, he goes, you know what? I've seen this before. God will fill my nets again because he's equipped me now with discernment. I know how to dis discern what, what this will be. And so he knows confidently this is a bad situation. This is a good situation. This house will work. I'm not interested in this house because he's been there before. Just like Peter plunging in the water. When you've been there before, you can handle it again. And you will recognize how to get through it again because you know God will not give you more than you can handle. God equips, we assemble. God delivers as we are faithful. Timing is a factor with God. You want a scratch-made sandwich. You don't want McDonald's. It may take years of fishing. It may take years, 30 years. I prayed for that person 30 years, and they never came to church until year 31, and God saved their life from eternal hell because they finally came. It took 30 years of fishing in the dark before they finally caught a net full of fish. God's timing is different, but that's why those people pray, and they were faithful. They didn't, they didn't know how. They didn't know if. They just said, I'm going to keep praying for them. I'm going to keep praying they come through those doors. I'm going to keep praying God rec rescues them from sin that they don't even know they're in. It's a control thing. You want to see God move? Let go of the control. You can't control them. You can't tell the fish to get in your net. That doesn't work. When the revelation of God comes, you will be willing to plunge in that water the same. The fish sandwich is right under our nose. We want fulfillment? Well, maybe it's not being glued to the smartphone. That's me speaking to myself. Maybe it's in my children who want to go play. They want to play Frisbee. Maybe that's fulfillment is sitting right there. See, God equipped me with fulfillment, and I'm looking right here because I know better. And I'm saying, God, why aren't you fulfilling my life? And he's saying, because you're not listening to me. I said, fish here, and you're fishing there. You want joy? Thank him. Be grateful. You want joy? Be grateful. 
quit waiting to be grateful when you find joy. No, you become joyful when you realize you are already blessed. It's backwards. We talked about that a few weeks ago. We have the privilege to serve him freely. We can actually come to church without getting killed. That's crazy. We have air conditioning. Yeah, I never thought about it like that. You want wealth? Bask in the blessings that your neighbor would die to have that you already have. See, you are wealthy. We are wealthy. You can't recognize wealth until you understand what being grateful is. We can only be rich, fulfilled, and sustained in the love of Christ. That is the only thing that can do it. Okay? If you guys could stand to your feet with me. Passion comes out in many different ways, but it's all out of love. And I love you guys, and that's why I just love to give this word, and I hope it plants in your heart because I try to listen to God and not be selfish with what I speak and not be selfish with how I conduct these messages. But I firmly believe that God equips, but we must assemble. And God will continue to deliver bodies as we are faithful. Some of you are begging God for something he's already put in your lap. You keep asking for more, you've already got it. And you're going to lose it in the process by looking for more. You didn't realize you had it to begin with. And then you're going to be left with nothing. So look at what you have already and be grateful. He's trying to show you what you have already. You don't know what steps to take. You're new to this, I understand. Start praying. Start praying. Take baby steps. Just take steps. Lord, I don't know. I don't know how to fish. I don't even know where to get a pole. I don't know what Walmart is. They're out of poles. What do I do, Jesus? He said, just okay. Just, just, just stick the line in the water. Just, just You go here. You go, to, go to Bass Pro Shop. I'll get you a pole. If you want a pole, I will get you a pole, my son. Read the word. You want to know the word? You want to know God? God is his word. They can't be separated. The word is a reflection of who you are. You can't say my word said this. When you say that, that's you. That's your heart. A word is expression of your spirit, your life. That's your heart. You want to know God? Read his word. You want God? Receive his word. The seed, the word of God. We plant the seed. That's why we call it one seed. It's the word of God. My words are spirit and they are life, Jesus says. They're life. You want life? Read his word. Even a little bit, a verse a day. Bible gateway. You verse. Start with a step. Get in the water. Take a moment to remind yourself daily to thank God for the pieces in your life that are building your future as you assemble his purpose for you. Thank him daily. You already got the pieces. Man, it could be so much worse. It's easy to get used to what we have, but it could be so much worse. And once it's gone, man, let me tell you, you can't get it back. Spend time with your brothers and sisters in the Lord. We have to come together so we can grow stronger. So we can't do it individually. It's the synergy. It's on our, our vision list. It's, it's not just a cool word. It's the synergy. See, together is how we have a greater output than the individual parts of what everybody can do really well. It has to be together and unified, and the output will be greater. 
that synergy. And that's why we need each other. We can't do it alone. I can't do it all myself. You can't do it all yourself. You can't do it all yourself. We have to do it together as a family. We're there to lift each other up. When one of our brothers is down, we talked about it in Unify this morning. Some people right around you are hurting. And they come here anyway and they put on a smiling face. And they need you. They need you. Hey, we appreciate you. Hey, hey, Haven. Is Haven in the house? Haven is the custodian here. And he came and he set up church with us this morning. And nobody paid him. And nobody had to ask him. It's because he wants to contribute. See, God is on his life. And he is a light. And he, he is working. See, he's working. He's taking action. We didn't have to say nothing. He said, hey, man, what can I do? What can I do? He had his clothes different. He had everything ready to go. That's contagious, man. I was never like that. Sorry, you guys do it. I'm out of here. That's how I was. So to see that, brother, thank you. Thank you for what you do. Thank you for, guys, for coming. Thank you for just being together. This is all a moment of giving gratitude. Thank you, Nick, for playing the guitar. Thank you, Michelle. Thank you, Stephanie, for working the computer. Thank you, Ruthie, for singing songs. Thank you, Jess, for coming to church. Thank you, Vincent and Amanda, for serving. Thank you, sister, for bringing those babies to be dedicated. Thank you, nieces, for coming to church. It means the world to me. Thank you. Give thanks. Show gratefulness. And your life will prosper. Your life will change. Kehan, thank you, brother, for your passion. You are hungry, and the light of God is on you. And he's going to change your life really soon. He's changing it right now. He's going to change your world. I feel it by the power of God. The Spirit is going to fall on you, and you are going to be resurrected to the new life in the days to come, my brother. Jen, thank you for your faithfulness. Debbie, thankful for your, thank you for your faithfulness. Dan, thank you for your faithfulness. Dan is almost 70 years old, and he sets up those generators every week. Thank you, Dan, for doing it. Thank you. Whew. I didn't plan all that. It just came out. I'm trying to be thankful. <laughs> okay, we get it. God equips, we assemble, and God will deliver as we stay faithful. If we could bow our heads, let's pray, and we'll get out of here. Lord, we come to you. We thank you for new things happening every day. We thank you for new things that are challenging us to grow and become better in our life, in our walk with you, in our maturity with you, Lord. We don't want to stay babies forever. We want to grow up and be leaders for your kingdom. And as we become leaders, we want to plant the seed in the next baby. And that baby's going to grow up. And that baby's going to grow up. And they're going to keep growing up. And we're going to spread the arms and feet of God beyond my lifetime, beyond the next lifetime, until the rapture comes, baby. And we're all in heaven together. That's my belief, and we're going to keep going, God, because we want to reach the sick. We know you are the only one who can make them whole. We thank you for this church. We thank you for these people that have come together who love you, Lord. We ask your hand be on our lives, on our week, and let us give thanks as we worship with you now. In Jesus' name, and everybody say amen.